Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. slips. And uh, we've been looking at a number of different things, especially when it comes to understanding and learning what God's Word teaches us when it comes to how we can avoid uh, really falling into the traps that causes us to slip in our relationships. And whether it's a friendship, you know, whether it's a a co-working relationship, you know, or a classmate, or obviously if you're married, your spouse, you know, we all have those difficulties when it comes to getting along, connecting, understanding one another. And that's the reason why, week one, we unpacked something called unresolved issues. And we talked about really ultimately just dealing with the unresolved um, baggage in our lives. Uh, the following week, we talked about the unexpected differences. I think sometimes that's perhaps one curveball that a lot of people don't see when it comes to relationships, especially when it comes to a marriage relationship, we, we often end up, you know, in a situation where like, wow, he or she is different. You know, this relationship is not what I thought it was going to be. You know, they've changed, which led me to last Sunday, which we talked about the unfulfilled expectations. And that in and of itself is such a powerful and yet very important aspect to understanding on how we can not only learn more about one another, but also what to do when we experience those unfulfilled expectations. And today I want to talk with you about the subject of unmet needs. Now, as you can see over here, I've got some flowers, and um, it's kind of a a no-brainer here, but you know, a lot of uh, Flowers are blooming right now, you know, if you are, uh, if you go out to Lowe's or Home Depot, you know, everybody's kind of like, you know, going out, you know, trying to buy some, some, some fresh flowers, right? Well, I'm just curious, uh, how many of you, uh, out of these two particular flower pots, how many of you can guess, I know this isn't rocket science, but just curious, maybe you're going to be the next star on the Home and Garden, you know, show or whatever, but, but here's the deal. How, how many of you would say this one here is the vibrant, healthy, I mean, just amazing flower? Let me see your hand. Any, anybody here? All right, okay, just make sure your eyesight is good. All right, how many of you obviously would say this is the better of the two? This one seems to be thriving. This one, this one seems to be healthier. This one seems to be a little bit more vibrant here, and obviously the reason for that is because this one is getting something that this one is not. Now, there may have been a time when this one here looked a little bit more like this one. There was maybe a time when this one had maybe some more blooms. There, you know, the leaves were a little greener. You know, it had a little bit more vitality and, you know, it was a little more vibrant. But something has happened to this one, whereas this one here is getting something that is allowing it to thrive. It's allowing it to grow. And I would be safe to say that for many of us in our relationships, we can relate because maybe, just maybe, some of us feel 
as though we lean more towards this situation. Yeah, I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, if you've ever driven through a, you know, a neighborhood, in fact, I go running uh, through our neighborhood almost on a daily basis, and uh, I'm always amazed, you know, I'll be running, I'm, I'm observing, I'm looking at people's homes and their yards, and it seems like, man, you'll see three or four houses and yards, you know, they look amazing, man, their grass is green, all edged and manicured, their shrubs, their flowers are, are blooming, but then you always get that one house, you know what I'm saying? There's always that one house. It's like, man, bless their, bless their heart. I mean, you know, I don't know what's going on, but, man, the, the, the weeds have taken over the flower beds. I mean, most of the stuff is either, you know, dead or it's on the verge of being dead. You know, the, the grass hasn't been mowed in quite some time, and it's pretty much brown. It's, you know, it's seen its better days. And here's what I've come to realize. And without judging, here's what I've come to realize. Usually, it's because of one of two reasons. Number one is because of neglect, right? They have good intentions, but, you know, they just neglect it, and as a result, you know, the yard isn't what it could be or should be. But the other reason is simply because chances are the people just don't know what to do. In other words, they've never really been taught how to take care of and to maintain, you know, the grass, the shrubs, you know, the yard to make sure that it looks great. And it's not because maybe they don't want that. Most of them probably just don't know how. Maybe they've tried, but it just didn't work. And so eventually they said, what's the use? And they just kind of quit. You know what I'm saying? They just kind of give up and rather than sticking it out and doing what needs to be done. I think the same could be true when it comes to our relationships. And I think what happens is that there's a lot of individuals who really go into a relationship and specifically maybe even a marriage relationship, and unfortunately, sadly, they have never been taught exactly what to do or how to go about doing the things that it requires for it to thrive, for it to be healthy, for it to grow, for it to be vibrant, for it to reach its full potential. And sadly and unfortunately, for a lot of relationships, they end up falling into those traps that we've been talking about and as a result, they fall into those traps because there are some needs that have been neglected. There are some things that have not been given enough time and attention and focused effort and energy to cultivate, to ensure the fact that it, it gets what it needs and it ultimately reaches its potential. And so with that said, today what I want to do for just a few moments is I want to Kind of shift our series a little bit to speaking specifically to those who are either in the process of getting married or those who are married. And I just want to say something real quick before we dive into this. That if you're single or maybe you're a student here today and you're thinking, oh great, I knew I should have gone to the beach today. You know, this, this, this message is totally irrelevant to me. I mean, this is, the, this is like the last sermon I need to hear you know, what does this have to do with me? Well, I would be safe to say that if you are desiring to be in a courtship, a dating relationship, or maybe you are in a dating relationship, maybe you desire to be married one day, or maybe you're living in a home where you see some things that could be improved, I would encourage you to take these notes because A, you need to know for yourself so you can be prepared for the future. 
so that you don't have to be that percentage of people who were never taught. No one ever told you what you need to do and how you need to do it. So I'm giving that to you free of charge today, all right? You don't have to go learn that at some expensive, you know, conference or seminar or go to some counseling, okay? You can get it today so you can take some notes. And then again, if you're a student, you need to write these things down and pass them on to your parents and say, hey, Dad, you need to follow this guy right here. This is what he said you need to do. Or you need to go to your mom and say, hey, Mom, hey, right here, this is it, right here. Y'all need to practice more of this stuff right here. You know what I'm saying? So we all need help. Can I get an Amen. We all need support. We all need direction. We all need guidance on how to avoid this. Because we know we got a lot of this going on, right? I mean, this is everywhere you go. This is everywhere you turn. I mean, this is one stat after another. Statistics all talk about this one right here. But what does it take for us to look like this? What does it take for us to go here? What does it take? For our lives and for our marriage and for our relationships to be a beautiful, radiant testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. What is it going to take for us to do what is necessary to cultivate our relationships and specifically our marriage so that we can reach our full redemptive potential. So that we can truly be the home that honors God, the marriage that honors God. Well, in order for us to do that we got to learn some things that I think are very, very important. And I want to direct some comments to the men. So men, here's what I need you to do. I need you to wave your hand. I want you to hold up your hand like this, okay? Here's what I need you to do. Hold up your hand just like this. So, all right, guys, here's what I need you to do. Now, I need you to kind of do a little shift with your hand. And I need you to do this. Just give me the thumbs up sign, all right? So what this means, guys, is that you probably have never been told this. But did you know that the Bible actually says that you are to be the gardener of your relationships? You're to be the gardener of your home and your family. You have been given an assignment by God, your creator. You ready for this? You've been given the assignment of having the green thumb in your home. You say, I hate doing yard work. Man, that's the last thing on my list I want to deal with is, I don't want to deal with any yard. I don't want to take the time to do what I got to do to, to, to cultivate and maintain a, a healthy yard. Well, I'm not talking about necessarily a, a yard, okay? I'm talking about your marriage. I'm talking about your relationships. You say, well, point it out. Show me where that's in the Bible. Well, I'm glad you asked. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unpack this and I'm skipping around a little bit. And so we have it here on the screen behind me. And if you're watching online, we also will have it for you as well. Genesis chapter 2. This is an amazing chapter because it's not only the place that God established his plan and his purpose for a husband and a wife or a man and a woman and for the relationship, but also what God purposed and designed for a man and a woman to actually do and what he assigned them to do when it came to fulfilling his plan and his purpose. So if there's any questions about gender identity, if there's any questions about he, she, or whatever, here's what the Bible says. Very clear and simple. 
Genesis chapter 2, beginning in verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. And the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And there he placed the man he made right there in the middle. So right there, God put a man in a garden that God created, right? Gave him a green thumb. The Lord made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground. Trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. And in the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the Lord placed the man in the middle of the garden to tend to watch over it. That was the assignment. But the Lord God warned him, you may eat You may eat freely the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. And then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. He said, I will make a helper who is is just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep, Sleep, And while the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib. And he made her to, excuse me, he, and he brought her to the man. At last the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. And she will be called a woman because she was taken from man. And this explains why a man leaves, lets go his father and his mother, and is joined to his wife, and the two are united in two, one. So I skipped around in a very long passage of scripture in Genesis chapter 2 for a very specific reason, because I wanted to point out a couple of things. Number one, that is that God... Not only created man, but he placed man right in the middle of a perfect environment. And he told Adam, he said, look, I've created this place, I've created this heaven on earth for you to enjoy. And I'm putting you in charge of it. I want you to oversee it. I want you to be in dominion over it. Take care of it. Nurture it. Cultivate it. Protect it. Do what I have assigned you to do. Then he brings a woman into his life to be his helpmate, to be that, to be that completer, to be that supporter, to be that nurturer, to come alongside to help the man. God gave them specific assignments. God even told them, hey, whatever you do, don't eat of the fruit from this tree known as the knowledge of good and evil. If you do, you will surely die. Of course, we know the story there where sin entered into the world because, once again, they chose to do it their way rather than God's way. So here's the thing. What we need to understand is that God has given some very specific roles, some specific responsibilities when it comes to having healthy, vibrant, and thriving relationships. And one of those assignments was given to the man. Now, here's what's interesting. 
God naturally equips a man to initiate, to cultivate, to nurture, to feed, to care for, and to protect our wives and to protect our home and our family relationships. In other words, he has called us, he has gifted us, he has equipped us to be the loving leaders that God has called us to be. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, it says it this way. Husbands, love your wives. In other words, you'd be the primary initiator and lover. Love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Ephesians 5, 28 and 29 says it this way. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church. And then Colossians chapter 3, verse 19, and this is, I'm reading from the paraphrased message version. It says it this way. Husbands, go all out in love for your wives. Now, once again, God has given the men a green thumb. God has given us an assignment to be the initiator, the cultivator, the, the one who helps, who helps oversee and to take care of and to nurture and to protect the relationships. It's a part of what God has wired us to do. But the problem is, is that most relationships, and specifically men and women, husbands and wives, there is a major communication problem. And the communication problem goes like this. Men have the understanding and the capacity to speak from the head. But women speak from the heart. So there is also an, an, an innate, God-given ability that God places inside of a woman. In other words, it's almost as though God has built inside of a woman a built-in marriage manual. A built-in how-to book, if you will, on how to have healthy, thriving, life-giving relationships. So if men, if we will use our heads... And we will look to our wives as the completer, the one who is making up for our deficiencies. The one who is perhaps fulfilling our areas of weakness. Because we speak and we think from the head, not necessarily from the heart. God has placed the woman in our lives who already have this built-in marriage relationship handbook. They already know what to do. They already know how to do it. It comes natural to them because they think from the heart. They communicate from the heart. And so therefore, as men with the green thumb, here's what we need to do. We need to look to our wives and we need to say, how can I effectively meet your needs? How can I effectively do what I need to do to ensure the fact that our relationship looks like this rather than this? How 
can I go about nurturing and cultivating and initiating and protecting and doing what is necessary to make sure that we are thriving and healthy and being all that God has called us to be? Well, the scripture says it this way. In 1 Corinthians 7 verse 3, the Apostle Paul said, A man should fulfill his duty as a husband, and a woman should fulfill her duty as a wife, and each should satisfy, notice, should satisfy the other's needs. So, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to share with you four specific things, what I call four nutrients, if you will, or ingredients when it comes to meeting needs in our relationships and ultimately doing what it requires in order to thrive and to be healthy the way God intended. And we can't skip out on these four areas. In other words, we can't just focus on one and ignore the other three. There's got to be some element of all four of these areas, these ingredients, happening at any given time. Now chances are, if you were to look at this flower pot here, the one that's healthy and thriving, the one that's doing good, I think we would all agree that it probably requires four things, right? It requires some sunlight, because if this you know, plant doesn't get the kind of sun that it needs, then guess what? It, it, it's going to shrivel. The, 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 the blooms won't, won't be full. They, they won't reach their peak or the potential. Another thing it needs, it not only needs sunlight, but it also needs air, right? It needs air in order for it to get the oxygen it needs. But another thing it needs, it needs a lot of water, correct? I mean, you got to have some water. You get, you got to make sure that the that the water level, you know, that 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 the plant or the flowers is getting the proper amount of of moisture. But you also have to have, make sure the fourth element is the soil. In other words, you got to have the right potting mix. You got to make sure that the the soil is not only you know, cultivated, but the soil is also moist, moist so that the roots can get the nutrients that they need in order for it to thrive. Now, I'd be safe to say that we'd all agree that this one right here, <laughs> this needs a little Jesus juice, right? I mean, this one needs, this needs, a, this needs a resurrection. I mean, this, this one needs God's hand of healing and restoration. I mean, it may even be too late. I have no idea. How many of you believe that God can resurrect something dead? I believe God can do the same thing in a dead relationship, a dead marriage. Listen, God can bring dead things back to life. So I just want to say right up front, no matter what situation or circumstances you might be in today, you need to understand that it's never too late to invite God in the middle of your situation and circumstances. It's never too late to say, hey, hey, what can I do to maybe start initiating some things that will help our relationship to grow. What can I do to add a little sunlight? What can I do to add a little water? What can I do to add maybe some, some more air to get more oxygen, some breathing room into this relationship? What can I do to cultivate the soil so that it's rich and so that the roots once again can grow deeper and thrive to become all that God intended for it to be? Well, not only do we need to invite God into the process, into the center of our relationship, which goes back to our theme verse. You remember in Romans, excuse me, in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 12? 
Remember what Hebrews 12 said? It said, let us strip off anything and everything that weighs us down or trips us up or, or allows us to get easily entangled with the sin that, that causes us to trip and fall and experience relationships. But what, relationship slips, I should say, but what does it continue to say? But let us run our race with endurance. So listen, there are going to be storms, there are going to be dry seasons, there are going to be challenges, there are going to be things that come against us. But we've got to keep running our race, we've got to keep our eyes fixed on the one who is the perfecter and the finisher of our faith. We can't do what needs to be done to have a growing, healthy, vibrant relationship apart from Jesus. We need Jesus at the center of our relationships. Amen? So with that said, let me give you four things quickly that I think will help. Number one is this. We need to make sure we have plenty of sunlight of security in our relationship. Because every relationship, listen, every relationship brings, every person brings into that relationship a level of insecurity. And that level of insecurity comes maybe from not having the proper identity when it comes to who we are in Christ and whose we are in Christ. Maybe that insecurity maybe is a result of maybe how we were raised or maybe the poor model or example that we saw or witnessed growing up in our home. Maybe this sense of insecurity is that no one just ever really helped us you know, get set up for success in our relationship. Nobody ever taught us what to do or how to do it or maybe why it's important to do things a certain way. So a lot of times we go into a relationship blindly. We go in with a sense of insecurity. It's kind of like the young couple who, man, they had been in this amazing relationship. They got married and it's their honeymoon night. And on this honeymoon night, you know, they, they are just, I mean, so in love. But yet, in a moment of suddenly beginning to realize that, hey, there were some issues that both of them were bringing into the relationship that kind of exposed itself. And so as a result, the, the, the young girl, she, she, she's in the bathroom and she's just in there bawling. She's crying. I mean, this is on their honeymoon night. She's in the bathroom with the door shut and the door locked. And she's just crying. And the reason why she's crying is because she did not know how to tell her new husband that she had a serious problem with bad breath. And she had been thinking to herself, I have been hiding this and I have been covering up this for so long in our dating relationship. But now he's going to know for sure that I have some serious bad breath. And she didn't know how to tell him. She's in there crying. While she's in there crying, her new husband, he is in the, he's in the bedroom. He's sitting on the edge of his bed and he's just distraught. And the reason why is because his weakness was just exposed. Because now he's going to have to own up to the fact that during this whole relationship they've been having, he had been covering up the fact they had a serious foot odor problem. And I mean, his feet like stunk. I mean, his socks were like unbelievable. 
And so here he is. He's like, how in the world am I going to break the news to my beautiful bride? So he's scurrying around trying to figure out what to do. And so all of a sudden, his wife, she comes out from the bathroom. And she quickly goes and gets in bed. And then he turns and he looks at her. And he kind of leans into her. And she, and here's what he says. He said, honey, he said, I hate to tell you this, but I got a confession I need to make. And then with tears coming down her eyes, she looked at him and she said, Honey, I have a confession that I need to make as well. And he said, Let me guess. You ate my socks. All right. So there's always a little bit of insecurity that we all bring into the relationships, right? And unfortunately, a lot of our insecurities cause those relationships over time to smell and to stink up. And they don't ever reach the potential. Why? Because we've never come to that place of understanding who we are in Christ. Because when we become secure in our relationship with the Lord, guess what? It allows us to be secure in our relationship with one another. But here's the thing. we got to have a lot of sunlight when it comes to adding security in our relationships. And I believe that every relationship, every marriage, every home ought to be the safest place on the planet. In other words, when we are free to be ourselves, we are free to open up and share our heart, our thoughts. We, we can share our fears, our, our insecurities. We can share things with one another without the other person making fun or ridiculing or casting judgment or blame or whatever it might be. Because the moment that happens, what does it do? It eliminates trust. It causes insecurity to enter into the relationship. Because what happens is, is a lot of times someone will say, well, I tried to open up. I tried to be transparent. I tried to share my heart. I tried to show my feelings in different ways. But it only got met with condemnation. It only got met with rejection. It only got met with humiliation. So therefore, I'm not going to go there again. And they put up a wall. What does it do? It creates a foundation of insecurity and a lack of trust. God wants us to beam our relationship with as much sunlight as we possibly can give it. Because the more sunlight of security, the more sunlight of encouragement, the more sunlight of grace, the more sunlight of support, the the more sunlight of unconditional love, and hey, I am committed to you no matter what. I want you to know I am with you, I am for you, I am behind you. Listen, together with God's help, we can be all that God has called us to be. We can do what God has called us to do for the glory of God, and we just rain sunlight on one another. And that's what Couples need. That's what a healthy, thriving, vibrant relationship desperately needs. It needs a lot of sunlight when it comes to giving security in our marriages. I read a quote the other day and I wrote it down like this. It goes like this. Every enduring marriage involves an unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. Did you get that? To an imperfect person. An enduring relationship involves an unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. You know, we talked about the unresolved issues and baggage. 
that trip us up. We talked about those unexpected differences. You know, where we're just wired differently. Again, one thinks from the, from the head. Another may think and, and do things from the heart. One speaks from the head. One speaks from the heart. One's personality is an extrovert. One's personality is an introvert. One had a background like this. One had a background like that. And what happens, you have all these unexpected differences. Therefore, if we're not careful, they cause us to trip and fall. It causes the unfulfilled expectations where he or she is not doing this or it's not what I thought it was going to be or they're not living up to their end of the deal. And you know, what happens is, is we start finger pointing, we start condemning, we start, you know, ridiculing and, and we, we, we begin to allow the enemies to sabotage a relationship. And you know what's going on here the whole time? Somebody's feeling insecure. Somebody's needs are being neglected. Somebody's not getting enough sunlight in the relationship. And as a result, over time, it dies. Why? Because it's missing something excruciatingly, something that is, that is crucially important. But there's a second ingredient, and that is the water of communication. So we've got to have sunlight. But we also have to have water. And the water of communication is where we communicate our support. We communicate our love. We communicate, listen, our, our encouragement to one another so that our spouse is encouraged and affirmed and supported to reach for their goals and their aspirations and their dreams. To, to be who God has uniquely called them to be and to do what God has called them to do. Here's what's interesting. When it comes to communication, experts say that people speak on average about 16,000 words a day. That's mind-boggling. If you were to transcribe, if you transcribed all of those words, they would fill up, listen to this, a 300-page book every week. So when you annualize that, you'd be talking about hundreds of books on a, on a bookshelf. All through the words that we speak. Adults under the age of 45, listen to this, on average send and receive more than 85 text messages a day. That's unbelievable. I kind of like what John Maxwell says. Everybody communicates, but few people connect. And I think that's what happens in a lot of relationships. We communicate and a lot of times what we're communicating, whether it's verbally or non-verbally, is unhealthy. It's not life-giving. It may even be toxic. It might be condemning. It could be filled with sarcasm. It could be anger. There's a lot of things that we communicate. But are we really connecting? In other words, are we really entering into one another's world? It's been said that intimacy is the greatest single longing of any healthy, thriving relationship, will we feel secure? Will we feel fully loved and accepted by someone? So in order for us to achieve intimacy, intimacy can be defined this way. It is into me you see. So into me you see is you're seeing my flaws. You're, you're seeing my imperfections. You're, you're seeing all of the things that may potentially irritate or turn off or offend. But no, we're seeing through the 
imperfections. You know what we're doing? We're seeing the person that God has blessed us with. The gift that God has given to us that we can love and we can accept and we can support and we can encourage for who they are. We all need water of communication. Now, it's been said <laughs> that the average woman needs one hour per day of meaningful conversation to feel like her communication cup has been filled. Now, men, just so you're clear on this, okay? You don't have to do it all at one time, okay? Give you a little encouragement. Maybe it's a little five minutes here, ten minutes there, fifteen minutes there. But at the end of the day, they got to know you're listening. They got to know that you're paying attention. They got to know that you care enough to hear what's going on in their world. Now, ladies, we have something called a big T that God has given us. And it's called testosterone. And testosterone is very focused, very task-oriented. We like to get in the store. We like to conquer whatever it is that we're going to hunt for. And we want to bag it and we want to get home. And we don't like to talk along the way. We are focused. We are down to business. And we like to just stay the course to make sure we conquer what needs to be conquered, right? So usually, women have to kind of prior you know pry out of us what it is that maybe is going on in our world but at the end of the day we've got to have a lot of water of communication we got to make sure that what is being said is being heard and we need to make sure that that we are not only listening but we're hearing what one another are actually saying it's so vitally important number three we need sunlight we need water, we need the sunlight of security and the water of communication. But we also need, you ready for this, the air of affection. 85% of a woman's touch every, excuse me, 85% of a woman's touch is a, that she needs in her life is a non-sexual touch of affection. Now for a lot of guys, unfortunately because we are wired in such a different kind of way, and once again because we have the big T on our on our chest, we we once again we are thinking of the head, not necessarily of the heart. And so therefore, a woman because she communicates with the heart and because she feels with the heart differently, we have to make sure that there is enough air of romance going on in, or excuse me, enough air of affection going on in the relationship. It's kind of like the couple that went into the counselor and uh, they were having a hard time because for whatever reason, I mean, they were just having a hard time communicating. She wasn't getting her needs met. He was frustrated and angry because everything he did just didn't seemingly work. And so there wasn't much communication. She was feeling insecure. I mean, nothing was going right. And so, you know, all of a sudden they said, all right, we just need to go see a counselor. So they go into the counselor. 
And I mean, this lady, she just goes off. She just, I mean, she's sailing her husband down the river. I mean, she's just, she's just highlighting all the things that he's doing wrong and all the things he could be doing and all the things, you know, he, he should be doing. And all of a sudden, the counselor, after a few moments, he finally just says, all right, all right, I get it, I get it. So he stands up. He, he walks around to the other side of his desk, and he leans over, and he kisses this lady. I mean, right on the lips. He just kisses this lady. It seemed like for an hour, for about five seconds, I mean, he just laid, I mean, a, a big kiss on this lady's lips. Well, this man's husband, excuse me, this one, boy, that, that's going to go viral. So anyway, this, uh, this, this woman's husband is sitting there in shock and in disbelief. And then all of a sudden, the counselor, he walks back to his chair, and he sits down in front of them, and he looks at the husband. He said, now, what I just did, she needs from you at least three times a week. And the husband thought to himself for a moment, and he said, well, he said, I can bring her in on Mondays and Wednesdays, but I go fishing on Fridays. So sadly and unfortunately, her needs were going unmet because she never got the air of affection that she was desperately needing in her life. And in order for our relationships to thrive, to reach their potential, again, we got to give the relationship or the marriage what it needs. It needs a lot of sunlight, of security. It needs a lot of water, of communication. It needs a lot of air, of affection. But lastly, there needs to be the soil of romance. What is the soil of romance? It's the act of keeping your courtship alive long after the wedding day. I like to say it this way. It's, listen, it's doing whatever it takes to keep the honey in the honeymoon. In other words, we got to make sure... That what we did at the beginning continues throughout the marriage relationship. Guys, we've been given the green thumb. God has put the ball in your court as the initiator, the cultivator, the one who is to help ensure that the relationship is getting all that it needs. Sunlight, water, air, the proper soil. We can't minimize one or neglect one and say, would it all work out? No, 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 no. We need all four. And because we have a T on our chest of testosterone, we need to tap into our spouse, our wife, who understands the heart who communicates from the heart not that obviously she doesn't or can't communicate from the head but she has a God-given ability on a relationship level to be more natural to be in many ways better at relationships than us guys and because we are task focused and because we are fact focused we sometimes can't see the forest because of all the trees. 
Therefore, we need to tap into the marriage manual that God has blessed our wives with and say, help me to understand. Explain to me what I can do, how I can do it, what I can say, how I can say it, that will allow me to be better at giving sunlight of security, water of communication, air of affection, and the soil of romance to our marriage. What does security look like to you? In other words, men, ask questions. Get the facts. Get them to help you understand. What do I do? What do I say that makes you feel insecure? Ask your wife. What do I do? What do I not do that blocks communication in our marriage? Ask your, ask your wife the question, on a scale of 1 to 10, where am I on the affection score? Am I a 1? Am I a 5? If I'm a 1 or a 5, what can I do? What can I say? And how can I go about doing it that will take me from where I am to where you would desire for me to be. Guys, I'm giving you some free advice here, okay? Trust me. Your wives are better at communicating this than most of us guys. And that's the reason why we need to tap into them. Let them help us. Let them communicate back to us. Ask them to help us us. Why? Because they already have what we need to succeed. And say, as far as the soil of romance, give me a picture of what that would look like. Give me a picture of some things that we could do that would allow our togetherness, our connection, our being together, those Romantic opportunities that will allow us to thrive, to enjoy being together, to be what God has created us to be, to, to fulfill who he's called us to be as a marriage. Why is all this so important? Because I've been working with couples for over 30 years. I've been married for over 31 years. Are Michelle and I perfect in all of these categories? No. There's been seasons because we all go through a fall. We all go through a spring. We all go through a summer. We all go through a winter in our relationships. It's just the way it works. There are going to be dry seasons. There are going to be winds and storms and rains and floods and unexpected things that cause challenges and if we're not careful can erode even perhaps 
sweep away and wipe away the foundation of a relationship. Can't tell you how many times through the years Michelle has had to get my attention to say, you're right here on the romance level. You're right here on the affection level. You need to step it up. You're not where we could, we're not where we could be or should be because I need more of this. I need more moisture in our relationship for the soil. I, I need more air in the romantic side of you. There's been times when she tried to communicate to me and I just wasn't getting it. I was, I was listening, but I wasn't hearing what she was actually saying. And there would be times when she would try to articulate it, but I wouldn't connect the dots. And so she would actually have to take the time and write out a letter. And she would put it in a place for me to see it. And I would read the letter. And after I read the letter, it was like, boom. How did I miss that? Why have I not been doing that? Again, we speak from the head. They speak from the heart. There have been times, there have been seasons where she was saying, you know what, we're just not getting enough sunlight. I'm feeling insecure because of some of these other areas. And what does that do? It causes us to come together. It causes us to, again, into me you see. It's just being open, vulnerable, transparent. And that is a good thing. That is a healthy thing. And that's what's missing in a lot of relationships, specifically marriage relationships. And so again, we can't neglect. We can't overlook the power of critical relational, emotional, and spiritual needs in our relationship. Because the moment we do, I promise you, it will shrivel and die. We need a lot of sunlight. We need a lot of water. We need a lot of air. And we need the proper soil. Security, communication, affection, romance. You do those four things. And here's what it will allow us to do. It will allow us to strip off the stuff that so easily entangles us. You know what it will do? It will lighten our load. It will help us throw off a lot of the excess baggage. And what it will do is it will free us up to run the race with what? Endurance. Endurance. Where we go the distance. We're able to overcome the fall and the the summer and the, the winter and the spring seasons that sometimes can feel like it's going forever and ever. No, God will give us what we need to run the race that he has marked out for us, that he's called us to run. And how do we do it? By inviting Jesus in the middle of it. By keeping our eyes on Jesus, fixing our eyes on him, the perfecter and the finisher of our faith. Because when we become secure in Him and we look to Him to meet our every need, guess what? 
It's like putting the oxygen mask on, like they tell you in the airlines, to take care of your needs by being connected to the source that supplies your every need so that you can make sure that you're able to meet the other's needs. Genesis chapter 2, God created marriage. Genesis chapter 4, God created family. Matthew chapter 16, God said, Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock I will build my church. Listen, God has given us each other. He's given us family, and He's given us the family of God, the local church. To serve one another's needs, to meet one another's needs, to support one another's needs, to encourage one another's needs. Why? So that the bride of Christ is a beautiful, radiant, faithful, consistent testimony for a lost and dying world to see. So if we're going to shine brighter and love better, we got to run our race. And we got to run with endurance and keep our eyes on the one who can help us finish the race. Amen? Let's bow our heads together in prayer. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for just a moment, I just want to say to, to everybody who's in the room and those online you know maybe there's some conversations that need to be had today tonight or maybe later this week maybe there's some things that you need to do just on an individual basis to maybe just kind of look in the mirror and do a little self-evaluation just to determine what is it that's holding you back what is it that's tripping you up what is it that is slowing you down to keep you from running the race that God has called you to run. Some of you need to have that conversation with each other, your husband and a wife. Or maybe you're in a relationship right now with somebody and maybe things aren't where they could be or should be and chances are it's because someone is being made to feel insecure. I don't know what your situation and circumstances are, but God knows. In Philippians 4.19, Paul said, And my God shall supply all of our needs according to his glorious riches that are found in Christ Jesus. He is the source. He's the supply. And when we are disconnected from him, chances are we're going to be disconnected from each other. So I, can I encourage you today? Tap back into the source. Reconnect to the vine, which is Jesus. And if you're here today or maybe watching today and maybe you're unclear, you're uncertain about where you stand in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, can I just invite you right where you are to, listen, once and for all, just nail that down, to secure in your heart of hearts, knowing that you are in right relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. 
It's not about church. It's not about religion. It's not about being good enough. It's about what Jesus has done for you. It's about the price that he paid for you, for your sin. And simply admitting your sin to God. Receiving Jesus as your Savior and to forgive you of your sin. And to place your trust in Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. If that's your need today, would you pray this prayer? Just say something like this. Just say, dear God, I confess to you that I am a sinner. And I turn from my sin. And today I believe that Jesus died on a cross and he came back to life. And by faith I invite Jesus into my heart to forgive me and to save me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. As our heads are bowed and eyes are closed and the ones looking, if you prayed that prayer just then here in the room, would you let me know by just holding up your hand high toward heaven today, saying, yes, count me, and I just prayed that prayer. And I'm not ashamed to admit it today. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. Wonderful. Maybe you prayed that prayer there online with us, and you can just raise your hand. You can just, you know, tap the little raised hand button there if you're watching uh, our online service there with our website. Or just maybe type the words, I decided, in the chat, and we'll send something to you. But Father, we thank you that you're at work and you're moving in the hearts of those of us in this room, those watching. And I pray that today, that Lord, if anything, this message would just spark conversations. God would open doors of communication. God, I pray that you would help us to understand in a way that allows us, God, to reach the potential, Lord, so that we can become all that you've created us to be for your kingdom and for your glory. To shine brighter, brighter and to love better. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, somebody. Let's give God a little shout of praise. Amen. Well, today I just want to say, first and foremost, if you prayed that prayer and you just invited Christ into your life, uh, first and foremost, we just want to say congratulations, welcome to the family of God. And we would love to know that you prayed and you invited Christ into your life. And one of the ways that you can help us do that is by simply taking our Connect card, looks just like this, put it in a, putting a check mark right there in that little space that says, I am giving my life to Jesus. And today, if you prayed that prayer, one of the ways that uh, we can uh, know that you prayed that prayer is by filling this out and dropping it in the offering container here in a second or you can take it out to the lobby and we have a, a table there called next steps and we would love to uh, just put a face and a name together uh, we'd love to give you a little booklet that i put together called rethinking life every day it outlines the next steps in your spiritual journey and uh, we also have bibles we'd love to make available to you for free if you would uh, need a Bible. But here's the thing. We just want to know. We want to celebrate with you. And then there's something else that I want to add to that that we're doing today in just a few moments when we're dismissed. You know, I was praying that today would be a beautiful day and I'm telling you, you couldn't have scripted it any better. It is absolutely gorgeous outside, perfect weather. And so I told uh, Robert Mercado, I said, who helps us with a lot of our, our details and logistics here in terms of uh, a lot of our uh, needs. I said, 
let's do our baptism outside so we can just be under the, the blue skies. And uh, man, because we want to baptize. Well, we have some folks who are going to be baptized today. And maybe that is a step that you need to take in your spiritual journey. A few weeks ago, we invited people just spontaneously to step out and most of them were not planned. It was totally spontaneous, but they just knew in their heart it was their day. It was their time to step out and to take that next step. And we had eight people that day that said, hey, I am ready to take my faith public. And so maybe that's you today. You say, well, man, I, I wish I would have been here. I would have loved to have done that. Well, hey, you can do it today. You say, well, I didn't bring anything with me. Hey, we got, we got clothing items. We got shirts. We have everything that you need we have it all for you prepared so if that is something that you desire to do today here's what we're going to invite you to do in fact those who are planning to be baptized as soon as we stand up here in just a second we're going to ask you you go ahead and just make your way out into the lobby and uh, we'll join you here shortly but we're going to give you a head start and you can just make your way out so you can get ready and prepared and we're going to invite folks to gather to congregate hang out for a few moments to celebrate with those who are going to be water baptized today well we're going to continue in our spirit of worship as we give unto the lord you know the bible says where your treasure is there your heart will be also. What is our treasure? Our treasure is what's most important, right? Our treasure is what we value. It's what is most important. And what I want to challenge you with today is this. Are we giving God what is most important? Are we giving God the devotion, the commitment, the sacrifice, the worship? Are we giving God, are we saying to God, God, you are what is most important. And God, my heart is reflecting that. Where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. So today, let's give faithfully. Let's give sacrificially and give generously. You can give through the white envelope. You can give online. You can give through a text. All of that information is there inside the flap of the white envelope. Let's be faithful. Let's pray over today's offering. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you. Lord, today that we have the opportunity to partner with you, your plan, your purpose for your local church. Lord, thank you. Lord, today that as we give, you take what we give and you use it to help support, to help enhance, to help supply the needs of not just us as a church, but Lord, you take it and multiply it, Lord, to make a greater impact in ways that we could never do on our own. So, Lord, we thank you in advance for how you're going to take today's offering and use it to bring glory to yourself and to advance your purposes here on earth. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.